I'm Kate Daniels. It is a privilege to have Dr. Michael Greger join us this morning. Dr. Greger is an internationally renowned nutrition expert, physician, and founder of NutritionFacts.org. In the best of times, we could learn so much from him and his many books. And now in this very challenging of times, we're going to hear and learn some critical information about health, nutrition, our diet, but not to diet. A year ago, Dr. Greger brought us his book, How Not to Diet, The Groundbreaking Science of Healthy Permanent Weight Loss. Now, a year later, he brings us the How Not to Diet cookbook. Together, these books provide us with the basis for food health, focused on Dr. Greger's belief and work in prevention, not cure. The plant-based diet is what provides nutrition in the simplest, most direct way. Dr. Greger, with his research and his personal dedication to it, provides additional tweaks, spices that work on burning fat, planning the times we eat, taking a break from eating. He has much good health advice and direction that can help us build a strong body to withstand at least some of the disease bombardment around us. So with that, Let's now meet this dedicated health professional to hear more specific suggestions directly from him. Dr. Michael Greger, good morning. It is really such a great honor to have you join us this morning. I'm so excited to be here. I think that this is so perfect to have this opportunity as we wind down a year, a very wild year, and look forward to a new year. And there's always in the back of our mind, as we are at this time in in our lives, uh, in the calendar year, that we think in terms of health and about that word dieting. And along you come, here we have you, and uh, you have a new book, The How Not to Diet Cookbook, that is a companion to an earlier book, The um, How Not to Diet. And and it feels like, well, maybe the rug is being pulled out from under our feet. But in essence, I think you're probably helping us to, to stand up uh, straighter and more healthier. Indeed. With so much nutritional noise and nonsense these days, I just wanted there to finally be an evidence-based diet book. And I cite literally thousands of studies digging up every possible tip, tricks, tweak, technique proven to accelerate the loss of body fat, to give people every possible advantage, and basically build the optimal weight loss solution from the ground up. So that's why I wrote How Not to Diet. And the cookbook is just kind of a, a fun practical guide as to how to put that mountain of evidence into practice. And I think all of us feel that um, if we're going to do something a little differently, then it's great to have the recipe. So to have a cookbook that's going to be a good companion here to give us ideas and, you know, once we kind of get that foundation laid, maybe we feel a a little um, more confident in terms of exploring and, and doing things more naturally. And what sets this cookbook apart is not only is every recipe healthy, including the desserts, but every single ingredient of every recipe is healthy. So wait a second. How do you make something salty without salt, uh, sweet without sugar? And those were some of the challenges we faced. I'm really proud of what uh, we were able to accomplish. And I think it's important to mention I don't receive a penny from my books. All proceeds I get from my books are donated directly to charity. I just want everyone to have access to this life-changing life saving information. 
And so it is the the best gift that we can have on so many levels that, you know, someone else is definitely going to be benefiting. But here we, when we've struggled and... That's probably the majority of us because we have such an epidemic in this country of being overweight or being obese that, and part of it is just because people struggle. Uh, I struggle with this too. It's like I'm doing my darndest to eat properly and yet the weight just wants to be my best friend. Well, you know, uh, diets don't work by definition, because going on a diet implies at some point off of it. Like your permanent weight loss requires permanent dietary change. Healthier habits just need to become a way of life, and it's going to be lifelong. You want it to lead to a long life. Thankfully, the single best diet proven for weight loss may just so happen to be the safest, cheapest way to eat for the longest, healthiest life, and that means eating real food that grows out of the ground, natural foods from fields, not factories, a diet centered around whole plant foods. And in this case, you are providing us uh, along with a cookbook, but even in your earlier book, there is this guide about the tweaks, the things that we can do that will start making this alteration for us. And uh, this is what is uh, I find so interesting and fascinating. The Things that we can do. Well, we know we need to drink water, but you're really saying load up with the water, and uh, part of that water might be green tea, which is one of the tweaks that is very important for our overall health. I have a list of 21 things people can do on a daily basis to accelerate the loss of body fat, regardless of what they eat. Um, there are, uh, you know, foods that act as fat burners and fat blockers and appetite suppressants. Um, and uh, can uh, can help anyone uh, lose weight. Um, we talked about uh, water. That's part of my preloading with negative calorie foods. Uh, negative calorie preloading just means starting out a meal with fruits, vegetables, soup, salad, or simply a tall glass of water, basically anything less than 100 calories per cup. So, for example, eating a large apple before a meal is so filling that people go on to eat about 300 calories less food from the meal. So 100 calories in. 300 calories out, an apple eaten before a meal effectively has negative 200 calories. So there's really such simplicity in a very, very healthy way. In that example, using the fruit, uh, which is important to our health, it fills us up. Indeed, and it doesn't have to be fruit. Um, but uh, yeah, typically, you know, vegetable soup, salad. Um, and so, in fact, in the cookbook, I have all the recipes that have less than 100 calories per cup uh, labeled as uh, negative calorie uh, preload foods. And so it makes it, it makes it easy when you're using this technique, one of the 21 techniques, um, uh, to, uh, you know, to make it as easy as possible to pick which ones you may want to start a meal with such that you can feel just as full but eat significantly fewer calories. So I find very interesting what we should be taking daily, these daily doses of cumin, garlic powder. Can you address that for us, please? Oh, yeah. No, it's really quite amazing. There are, so for example, um, I recommend two teaspoons of vinegar with every meal. Uh, when our uh, body metabolizes the acetic acid vinegar, we get a natural boost of a fat-burning enzyme called AMPK, causing people to lose about five pounds over three months for just pennies a day and without 
removing anything from their diet. Um, uh, other simple tweaks, you know, sneaking people just a quarter teaspoon of garlic powder a day caused them to lose about six pounds of straight body fat over 15 weeks. And a quarter teaspoon a day would only cost about two cents, right? And so there's, I mean, these are simple, inexpensive ways to accelerate the loss of body fat, regardless of what you eat the rest of the time. Although, of course, I would like people to use these uh, tips in conjunction with a healthy, sustainable diet. Because on their own, is is that sustainable to keep losing weight, to use, say, the vinegar, to use the garlic powder? Well, I mean, uh, the ideal BMI is probably between 20 and 22. And so there's a certain level at which you'd want to um, pull back on these uh, these techniques so that you don't lose excess weight, which can uh, impair the health of your bones and um, and a few other issues. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's this epidemic of obesity. The average BMI in the United States is 29, and it's particularly important um, now during this pandemic that uh, we uh, we take this time to be healthier since even a BMI of 28, which is skinnier than your average American, puts you at nearly five times the risk of suffering a severe course of COVID-19. And so um, uh, the, this is the time to take care of ourselves to protect us against infectious disease threats right now and then in the future against the chronic disease threats, which continue to be the leading killers here in the United States. So a, a really great two-pronged approach for us and and really because we know uh, what we're dealing with with covid and and what it's doing to impact our our health we need to do whatever we can and so here is that guidance for it so a question about in particular here then like the garlic powder and the vinegar are we talking about just what we buy in, uh, off the grocery store shelf or does there need to be a particular health food store brand that we need to use most of these things you can be- get anywhere um there are some things that you may have to order online so for example black human i recommend uh for a quarter teaspoon also known as nigella seed that costs two cents a day. It will cost you three cents a day if you're willing to splurge, although you probably won't be able to find it at your local um, uh, local grocery store. Um, for those who ask, what is black human? Well, you obviously have not been reading your Bibles. Uh, they talk about black human in Isaiah 28, 25. Reduces your cholesterol, blood pressure, blood sugars, and your waistline. So I recommend a quarter teaspoon a day. I've only been able to find it online. And looking again back to that, the, the uh, garlic powder, um, I know my husband loves to cook using garlic powder, so there's this large uh, container of it, but I think it has salt in it. Is that an issue? Is there a garlic powder that is salt-free that we should oh, use? It, 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 that is absolutely an issue. We do not want to be adding salt to our food. It's a leading dietary risk factor for death on planet Earth, according to the Global Burden of Disease Study, the largest study of disease risk factors in history funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And so you want to get not garlic salt, but straight garlic powder. You can get it without any salt whatsoever. Good. So we want to be clear about that. The other thing that I see in this list, and I, I absolutely love because I, I love ginger, is you are recommending adding ginger to our beverage or our foods. 
a teaspoon a teaspoon of ground ginger once a day um, because we have over a dozen randomized controlled trials, starting at just actually a quarter teaspoon of ground ginger a day, showing significant weight loss. Again, for just pennies a day, you can just uh, you know stir it into a cup of hot water and make ginger tea out of it. And I think you say you can, uh, yes, green tea, you say, is very healthy for us. So we could just add the ginger to that, and we're doing a double-pronged approach. Uh, a twofer, absolutely. <laughs> I recommend three cups of green tea a day. Uh, results in an average of about a pound of weight loss a month. But I would not recommend green tea extract supplements, as they've been shown to cause liver problems in about 1 in 20 people. So just a plain green tea. Sometimes it's difficult to find what it is. Is it should it be? Um, what have I seen on the store shelves? Like a uh, Chinese green tea, or you get them with flavors in them. What what do you use? If you actually eat the tea, meaning like you open the tea bag and you pour it into a smoothie or something. Um, or if you're pregnant, you want to stick to Japanese green tea. Unfortunately, Chinese green tea, which is the primary source of green tea, um, the lead levels, they only recently got rid of leaded gasoline. And so the lead levels in the tea hemp plantations are too high for comfort, but it doesn't actually um, leach out of the tea bags when you just dip it in the hot tea. But if you're actually eating the tea, like using matcha tea, which is just powdered green tea, and you're actually consuming the tea leaves, or if you're pregnant, I'd recommend to stick to Japanese tea, which has much lower lead levels. Ah, and mentioning matcha, again, such a very delectable green tea is it perhaps more desirable than just uh, steeping uh, the green tea leaves? It is because you're actually getting more nutrition. I mean, so steeping green tea leaves is like if you, you know, cook collard greens, threw out the collard greens and just drank the fluid. Yes, some nutrition will have leached into the water, but you're throwing away all that good, um, you know, all, all those nutrients. And so, yeah, if you actually are able to eat the green tea by, you know, making a, you know, throwing into a smoothie or um, just, uh, yeah, stirring it up. Uh, that would be the ideal way to get it, um, though I encourage uh, people to only drink caffeinated drinks in the morning since it can interfere with sleep. And so there are two things mentioning there with, with eating and with sleep. So you say that we, for anyone who's on kind of a regular schedule, we should not be eating past 7 p.m. Yeah, we really should fast after 7. I recommend people stop eating after 7. Because of our circadian rhythms, food eaten at night is more fattening than the exact same food eaten earlier in the day. So the fewer calories after sundown, the better. And that is something that I'm sure is just uh, neon lights news to maybe most of us, well, certainly many of us, so that, you know, we think, oh, this is going to be a light food. But but you're saying after 7 p.m. that it could, it, it does act differently in our body. In terms of the amount of body fat um, produced from any particular calorie load, absolutely. In fact, you can randomize people to you know, these, these extreme diets where they eat all their calories in the morning versus all their calories at night, um, exact same number of calories, but um, the calories in the morning group loses weight um, and the calorie group at night gains weight. So a calorie is not a calorie. It matters not only what you eat, but how and when. So there's a, a really 
great direction for us is to consider all of this timing. And we may have been our own worst enemies in trying to uh, really lose this weight. We might really stock up on a huge salad, but we're we're starting to eat it at 7 p.m. at night. And so even though it's greens and vegetables, it still is going to put on more calories. Well, if a healthy salad should have so few calories that uh, it uh, may not matter. Um, but it's, you know, people, you know, sitting on the couch not eating salad, but they're snacking on these uh, these high-calorie foods. You know, I mean, it's, it's you know, most drinks, snacks, and processed junk these days are consumed at a rate of about 70 calories a minute. I mean, you have to realize that, look, if you're like a moderately obese person doing moderate-intensity physical activity like biking or very brisk walking, you're only burning off about 350 calories an hour. So it only takes five minutes of snacking to wipe out an entire hour of exercise. Oh, that is tremendously discouraging. So we need to really pay attention to what the new guidelines here are that you're suggesting for us and finding that the people that you work with, well, you you yourself following these are able to maintain really good physical health. Absolutely. And now more important than ever, you know, I mean, consider the underlying risk factors for COVID-19 severity and death, obesity, heart disease, high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, all of which can be controlled or even reversed with a healthy enough plant-based diet and lifestyle. Yes, that is at at the at the base of it that uh with the way the world is changing and looking at uh well just those big things of the heart disease and diabetes being so critical uh to our health and our lifespan here in in America Add to that the COVID, we really have to be that much more conscious of of what we do and how we do it. And here, this feels like a, a really quite a simple approach once we get our minds focused in the right direction. You know, it's all about just, you know, common sense advice to stay healthy during this crisis, getting sufficient sleep, keeping active, reducing stress, staying connected, albeit remotely, to friends and family, and eating a healthy diet. I mean, these are really the the cornerstones of a healthy lifestyle now, more important than ever. So when we look at this newest book that has more than 100 recipes uh, that will, that are the basis, that are, the pictures make them look mouthwatering, appealing, are there some of them that uh, stand out for you that are favorites? Oh, I'm a big fan of roasted vegetables. Veggies can undergo a complete transformation, completely change taste, get all caramelized. So there's a you know black cumin rubbed uh, balsamic roasted cauliflower, I really like. Uh, there's a, a cauliflower Alfredo linguine with roasted asparagus. I don't know, basically anything creamy. There's a there's like a, a spinach and artichoke stuffed portobello. Um, uh, yeah, I mean I've uh, you're making me hungry. <laughs> Yes, and for us, it's still, we're getting to breakfast time here, which, you know, mentioning breakfast, (laughs) (laughs) this is the meal that you say should be our big meal of the day. Well, ideally. um, I mean, it's tough to do for people, but that's what the circadian rhythm uh, data shows, the so-called chronobiology. And so the exact same, you know, uh, calories eaten in the morning are not just 
um, less fattening because less of a blood sugar spike, less of an insulin spike. Um, uh, so, so we really should try to shift our caloric intake towards earlier in the day. So, you know, lunch is the biggest meal of the day, even and breakfast. I mean, ideally. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of people are doing this time-restricted feeding these days where they're narrowing their feeding window 12 hours or less, um, which is fine, actually has benefits, but it should be early time-restricted feeding, not late. If you're going to skip any meal, you skip supper, not breakfast. We just try to weigh more calories towards the beginning. Even if you're not hungry, a big breakfast is important not only for weight loss but for general health. So, you know, some key things to be keeping in mind and really to kind of round it out um, and repeat some of what we've already mentioned. You have a daily dozen that you say are re- is really important for us to have this good health long term. I recommend everyone center their diets around a daily dozen checklist of all the healthiest of healthy foods out there. Um, it's all part of a free app called Dr. Gregor's Daily Dozen. In fact, all my work is free. Um, it's just so important for me to uh, have this critical information to everyone's hands. And so that is a, a really key thing, that you're providing it free. You have uh, the website nutritionfacts.org, again, where we can get all this important and critical information, and it's just there for our logging in, logging on, uh, checking it out. And uh, you also have uh, excellent videos that provide us with continued education, correct? Yeah, nutritionfacts.org is a free, nonprofit, science based public service providing daily updates and the latest in nutrition research via these bite sized videos. Uh, now, there's videos on more than 2,000 health topics with new videos and articles uploaded every day at nutritionfacts.org. So that is perfect. And the, you obviously, by providing the websites to us without cost, uh, taking all the proceeds from the books that you write, from this latest book, the How Not to Diet Cookbook, all the proceeds going to charity, obviously your heart is in the right place and, and you're doing this because you, I, I'm going to say because you want us all to be healthy. Well, I mean, that's, I mean I'm a physician. I mean, that's what physicians should do. Actually, physician comes from the Latin to teach. Um, and so that's really, I mean, it's all about prevention, not cure. I want to teach people how to stay out of my office, stay out of the hospitals, um, and really treat the cause of lifestyle disease by quitting smoking, eating a healthy diet, and getting active. And then one quick thing, by following this, are we able to reverse some conditions that we may already have that we're living with? Well, there's only one diet ever proven to reverse the course of heart disease, which is the number one killer of men and women. That's a diet centered around whole plant foods. If that's all a plant-based diet could do, reverse the number one killer of men and women. I mean, shouldn't that kind of be the default diet to prove it otherwise? And the fact that can also be so effective in preventing, arresting, and even reversing other leading killers like type 2 diabetes and high blood pressure would seem to make the case for plant-based eating simply overwhelming. Yes. Well, there it is, underscored. And the book is 
filled with these excellent recipes uh, uh, combined with beautiful pictures so that we know what we might be aiming toward. Uh, that I always find that is a good uh, sort of guide. But just all the content, uh, the lists and the checklists and recommendations, which are, are very basic and in so many ways common sense, um, really set us up for a much more healthy future. So, Dr. Michael Greger, uh, I really appreciate that you are so passionate and committed to your work as a physician and certainly for taking time with us this morning. I am so excited to be here to share the good news that we have tremendous power over our health, destiny, and longevity. The vast majority of premature death and disability is preventable with a plant-based diet and other healthy lifestyle behaviors. Perfect. Well, again, many thanks for, for your work and for your time today. Thank you. This is Mandy Ringenberg with a Sunday morning shout-out. This week's shout-out goes to the Crisis Text Line. This is a free online and texting resource that's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The helpline started in a natural way after Nancy Lublin, CEO of DoSomething.org, an organization dedicated to helping young people and social change. After noticing many of its members texting in asking for a reliable resource to turn to in times of crisis, Lublin decided to start up the crisis text line. From 2013, the helpline launched under its own entity and has since helped over 100 million people across the globe. Now, because the holidays can often bring more emotions, high stress levels, and anxiety, even with the colder months, it can heighten the feelings of depression. And sometimes physically talking can be too hard, and texting sometimes relieves that pressure to vocalize one's thoughts. The Crisis Text Line offers a ton of helpful insights on their website. They include symptoms on how to spot and manage anxiety, loneliness, depression, even topics including bullying and how to handle stress and anxiety in school. According to their website, the greatest need for a counselor is between 7 p.m. and 3 a.m. If you want to volunteer to help, just visit their website and they will provide you with extensive online training. In 30 hours of training, you'll walk away knowing reflective listening, collaborative problem solving, and crisis management. To reach out and get assistance, U.S. residents can text HOME, that's H-O-M-E, to 741-741. The helpline is also available in Canada. To use the text line for Canadians, text HOME, again, that's H-O-M-E, to 686-868. This resource is also available internationally. For more information on how to volunteer to become a crisis counselor, learn more about important mental health and social issues, or maybe even watch the CEO's TED Talk and how she has experienced starting the helpline, Visit their website. That's www.crisistextline.org. This is your Sunday morning shout out. Every year, about 57,600 Americans will be diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and about 47,000 will die. So while pancreatic cancer accounts for about 3% of all cancers in the U.S., it accounts for 8% of all cancer deaths making it the third leading cause of cancer-related death in the U.S. And Black Americans have around a 20% higher incidence rate than any other racial or ethnic group. Even though pancreatic cancer clinical trials allow researchers to study innovative and potentially life-saving new treatments, 
they often have low participation by racial and ethnic minorities. The Pancreatic Cancer Collective aims to raise awareness about treatment options to increase diversity in pancreatic cancer clinical trials to ensure patients of all racial and ethnic backgrounds benefit equally from the potential of cancer treatments. The Pancreatic Cancer Collective is an initiative of Stand Up to Cancer and the Lust Garden Foundation. Visit pancreaticcancercollective.org to learn more about the campaign and follow at SU2C on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter for the latest campaign and collaboration updates. Together, we can make a difference. Stand up in the fight against this terrible disease by helping people join potentially life-saving clinical trials.